back, my dear ones. I hope, however, the time was, there was a sense of settling uh, and nourishment. And as I mentioned before, we'll just move right into the um, sit. So I'm going to invite each of us to close our eyes. And for some of us, our bodies might prefer to be lying down. It's totally fine. Do take care of yourself. What's going to be most supportive for your body? Um, so good. They're going to invite you to close your eyes. And just notice how it is as you take your seat again. If there's a difference after the movement or not. And just scanning for a moment in these initial moments of the of the sit of, is there any part of the body that could re- ease up a little more? Perhaps by rolling the shoulders up and back and down more than once, perhaps. Is there a way to soften into the belly? Perhaps resting your hands on the belly and just as on the inhale, so feeling the, the belly extend. And then engage the abdomen muscles, to the diaphragm to pull the belly back in. Just so we can drop into our bodies more into the belly breathing out of what we can be so habituated in the chest breathing and these are just invitations as to just become more embodied this connection to this form of ours this animal body and again just noticing how is it in this body of ours here in this moment If it's helpful, if your feet are on the ground, sometimes I like to just put a little pressure on the balls of my feet. This is a way of anchoring to the earth, a way of saying here and connect into the, the grounding alchemical and magical energies of the earth beneath us. If it's helpful, imagining through one leg can sort of drain out all the energies that are not serving us. There's anxiety or worry or stress. Just imagine it coming down one leg and dropping through our feet into the loamy rich soil where it can be alchemized and transformed. And then on the other leg, the other foot, just imagine drinking in the solidity, the stability, the grounded energies of the earth. And just lingering here a moment as a way to, again, connect in to the earth below us, beneath us, around us. Oh yeah, taking our place here. Resting here in this animal body of ours as she is resting upon this earth. Letting go of that which doesn't serve, drinking in that which does serve, that which is nourishing. And for the anchor today, I might follow on the heels of the uh, anchor last week of 
Just focusing on the breath. With a little more pointed instructions, if it's helpful, to really allow there to be an intentionality around the deep belly breathing. So on the inhale, if possible, to inhale through the nostril, through the nose, maybe a count of four or five or six, and then exhaling longer. And again, so we extend the belly out on that inhale and then the belly comes back in on the exhale. And if we're breathing in on a count of five and exhaling for seven, breathing in for a count of four, exhaling for six. If it's helpful to have your hands on the belly, just be like, oh yeah, it actually does move. Or it's not moving. Okay, interesting. So suspending any judgment. But this invitation through this diaphragmatic breathing or these belly breathings as a way of landing here evermore, helping to settle the nervous system. Allowing the attention just to be curious. Well, how is it if I allow myself to breathe like this with such intentionality? The different sensations as the air, the wind element moves through the nose and then comes out through the mouth as an exhale. Perhaps exhaling as if blowing out two candles. And I'm aware. For some, the breath is not a neutral anchor, in which case, let it go and just allow the attention to rest on the sensations, perhaps as your hands moving or if your hands are holding each other, just on the physical sensation. So the anchor is very much in the body. Focusing, resting the attention on the breath, if that works, and if not, just allowing the attention to rest or perhaps the hands holding each other or the weight of the hands on your legs. The mind will do what it does. Yeah, getting caught up in stories or judgments or whatever. Okay. And then when we catch ourselves lost in thought, we come back. Oh, yeah, wait. The breath, the belly, the belly extending and uh, constricting. And that catch, when we catch the mind, it's this magical moment of enlightenment. We're like, oh, wait, I want to redirect my attention back into the body. Those moments are to be celebrated. Yeah. Please remember there's no such thing as a bad sit. We come, we take our seats, we see how it is. As we allow ourselves just to soften into the experience of this breath, this moment, this sensation is like this. Releasing ourselves from any need for it to be otherwise. Understanding that the experience may be pleasant or unpleasant. But again, meeting that with a sense of, oh, in this moment, it's just like this. This breath in, this breath out. But it's, we're sort of elongating 
the breathing, yeah. It's helpful again for that count. In for four or five, out for six or seven. And just noticing. Thank you.
you. And um, I hope however this it was for you, there was at least a feeling of settling into the body. And I I know well that sometimes the sitting like, oh, that was so nice. And sometimes like, when's the bell going to ring? So however the experience was, um, that's how the experience was. Um, they, as we mentioned last week, uh, we are going to be off for the next two weeks. So this is a, annually we do have a solstice. We When we were back on the land, we'd have a solstice celebration. It's not quite solstice. Um, so this is more just of a, it is, it's a closing of the year um, day for us. And I wanted to talk about peace um, internally and in the world. It is a rough time in the world, right? Uh, this past weekend, I took my daughter to look at colleges in Atlanta, and I was flying back, and um, I was the, my seat was the second to the last row, and then the last row was a family of four in three seats, um, two little kids, one maybe uh, maybe a year, maybe younger, the other one maybe three, and the, the couple was speaking a language I didn't know but they were they were heated so the kids are crying there's a the parents are heated and that I thought to myself like oh dear <laughs> is this even half an hour flight this is going to be terrible um and as people are boarding someone comes up and says to the father I'm assuming was the father and says you're in my seat you have to move and the guy was like I, I, I can't move I'm with my family stewardess comes and says well you have to move because this woman was with her family and her kids and the and the father had the look of such extraordinary panic that's gonna make me cry um he's like my, my son is autistic i can't i can't move I, can't, I have to be with him and the stewardess is like well your 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 wife can be with both babies both kids and he's like and again his, his panic was palpable and he's like i can't i have to be with him so i piped up like if it'll help, I'll, I sort of gestured to my seatmates, like, we'll move. Like, what do we need to do? And they kind of looked at me like, sorry, I didn't mean to volunteer, but I'll move. Like, surely we can arrange for these families to sit together. And when my daughter was young, I was in, a, I know this place of not being able to sit with the kid. So it all sorted out and, and I was moved and I was in a far better situation being up front. What was so striking to me and kind of broke my heart. I, I'm not exactly, probably Three or four times the stewardesses came up to me to thank me for moving as if it was like this heroic act. They brought me like, do you want a cocktail? And would you like food? Sure. You want miles? You know, every constantly throughout the flight, they came up to thank me for doing this. And I couldn't help but thinking, like, what's happened to us? That what would be such a natural like movement of the heart to be like, of course, this family should sit together. What can we do collectively to allow these folks to sit together? But that it was treated like, again, like it was this heroic act. Um, yeah, it kind of broke my heart. And then sort of what we're seeing with the, it feels just like sibling violence uh, in this world of what's happening in India with the Sikhs and the Hindus and of course in the Middle East and uh, Gaza and Israel, what we're seeing on the college campuses with MIT and Harvard and Penn. It's just a... Um, it's a rough time on the heart, right? The tenderness and how do we stay connected to our own hearts such that we can 
be able to move in the world from a place of kindness. Again, that's the, the natural response of the heart is compassion. But there's so much fear in the world. Some of it is understandable and I feel like some of it's um, its own machine in a way. And wanting to play today in this arena of how can we be in our own selves, both internally towards ourselves, sort of settling peace within ourselves, the shadow of parts, the parts that we don't like, the parts that scare us. How do we find enough compassion to extend to our own inner world to be able to shine the light in the darkness, or perhaps more importantly, to see the wisdom in the darkness, those shadowy parts of ourselves that are just crying out for us to understand and know more about. And we're really compromised if we have enough sort of warring factions within ourselves to then be agents of peace out in the world. So this is that sort of, it's not a new idea, right? But this notion of how can we really tend to our own garden? What are we growing? Yeah, what, are, what are we tending to in that line? Every moment we're practicing something. And, and, and what are we practicing? The ways in which, particularly in the holidays, and it can be a, a beautiful time for some and the coming together of a loving, beautiful family. And for others of us, not so much. It can bring up really challenging memories. There can be a sense of loneliness or isolation, even if we're with a lot of people. So how do we continually remember or lean back into this place of the heart's natural wisdom? Yeah, and understanding kind of what cloaks it, what gets in the way, where do we get caught, such that we lose the connection to, again, the innate um, inborn Buddha nature of our heart that just wants to say, how can I help? What do you need? Can I sit beside you? in your time of suffering, can we sit beside ourselves first? Um, so, um, this is from John O'Donoghue for Peace. As the fever of the day calms towards twilight, may all that is strained in us come to ease. We pray for all who have suffered violence today. May an unexpected serenity surprise them. For those who risk their lives each day for peace, may their hearts glimpse providence at the heart of history. That those who make riches from violence and war might hear in their dreams the cries of the lost. That we might see through our fear of each other a new vision to heal our fatal attraction to aggression. That those who enjoy the privilege of peace may not forget their tormented brothers and sisters. That the wolf might lie down with the lamb that our swords may be beaten into plowshares and no hurt or harm be done anywhere along the holy mountain. Yeah. And this way of orienting ourselves towards a sense of how can we be, again, agents of peace and not capital A and not capital P, but just a sense of that residing, abiding in the, um, Brahma Viharas, right? The divine abodes of the heart of loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. This is the heart's natural dwelling. And we get, we forget, or it gets obscured, or we have, have suffered our own traumas and our own violence, that we lose touch with that. And we come week after week together to sit and be in community together in this way of lifting the veil from the heart, that, that, that which encases the heart or s- perhaps protects the heart, 
to be able to say, oh, wait, this heart is so much stronger when it's released from any kind of bondage or any kind of prison or any kind of protective garb, that our own goodness is what protects us. Indeed, the metta practice, the loving kindness practice, as many of you know, has its origins as a protective practice. The, back in the day, as the story goes, the monks were new. Monks were sort of set off into the woods to uh, practice in a new dwelling. And the monks were there and they were so scared because all the tree spirits and all the spirits of the land, like, who are these invasive monks that are so loud and noisy and whatever they're doing? And so they would make it, they made all kinds, the spirits made all kinds of terrible noises and terrible smells. And at, one, at some point, the monks kind of run back to the Buddha. It's too scary there. We can't stay. Can we please go somewhere else? And the Buddha said, ah, I have just the thing. I have the perfect protection practice. Come on, let's go back. So they go back and the, the Buddha instructs them in the um, teachings of loving kindness. Yeah. And so the monks dutifully did their loving kindness practice for these spirits of the land. And as it goes in these stories, all was well. But there was a willingness to turn towards that which scares them, that which scares us, and then to offer the sense of well-wishing. And in the time when there's such division, and I do believe that division is so much fomented by forces outside the human heart, because I think there's such a wisdom within each of us that we do know we want the same thing. Just as you want to be happy, so do I. We want our other people we love to be healthy. We want there to be peace and prosperity and ease. That is, again, the way the heart is inclined naturally. And we get scared. And when, the scare, and when we get scared or, or we're hurt, the constriction happens. And when that constriction happens, that's when we're blocked from really being able to touch into uh, our innate wisdom of, of this longing for connection and peace. So it takes to remember yeah but to that end from ellen bass and i've shared this before so many of you will recognize it but prayer for peace pray to whomever you kneel down to jesus nailed to his wooden or marble or plastic cross his suffering face bent to kiss you buddha still under the bow tree in scorching heat adonai allah raise your arms to mary that she may lay her palm on her brow so she can a queen of heaven and earth Dunana in her striped descent hawk or wolf the great whale, record keeper of time before, time now, time ahead. Pray. Bow down to terriers and shepherds and Siamese cats, fields of artichokes and elegant strawberries. Pray to the bus driver who takes you to work. Pray on the bus. Pray for everyone riding that bus and for everyone riding buses all over the world. If you haven't been on a bus in a long time, climb the few steps, drop some silver, and pray. Waiting in line for the movies, for the ATM, for your latte and croissant, offer your plea. Make your eating and drink a supplication. Make your slicing of carrots a holy act. Each translucent layer of the onion a deeper prayer. Make the brushing of your hair a prayer. Each strand its own voice singing in the choir on your head. As you wash your face, the water slipping through your fingers a prayer. Water, softest thing on earth, gentleness that wears away rock. Making love, of course, is already a prayer, skin and open mouths, worshiping that skin, the fragile case we are poured into, each caress, a season of peace. If you're hungry, pray. If you're tired, pray to Gandhi, Dorothy Day, Shakespeare, Sappho, Sojourner Truth. Pray to the angels and the ghosts of your grandfather. When you walk to your car, to the mailbox, to the video store, let each step be a prayer that we may all keep our legs 
that we do not blow off anybody else's legs or crush their skulls. And if you are riding on a bicycle or a skateboard in a wheelchair, each revolution of the wheels of prayer, that as the earth revolves, we will do less harm, less harm, less harm. And as you work, typing with a new manicure, a tiny palm tree painted on one pearlescent nail, or delivering soda or drawing good blood into rubber cup vials, writing on a blackboard with yellow chalk, twirling pizzas, pray for peace. With each breath in, take in the faith of those who have believed when belief seemed foolish, who per- persevered with each breath out, cherish. Pull weeds for peace, turn over in your sleep for peace, feed the birds for peace, each shiny seed that spills onto the earth, another second of peace. Wash your dishes, call your mother, drink wine, shovel leaves or snow or trash from your sidewalk, make a path, fold a photo of a dead child around your visa card, gnaw your crust of prayer, scoop your prayer water from the gutter, mumble along like a crazy person stumbling your prayer through the streets. And this beautiful invitation that whatever we do, however mundane, make it be a prayer. Allow there to be a a settling back into the heart's natural inclination. Can we be agents for peace by our simple uh, acknowledgement of that which is beautiful? To wage peace within our own minds, the mind that can be so critical, so harsh, so judgmental, telling ourselves we're not good enough or we're messing up or all these ways in which we're somehow failing according to who's ever standard. That's where we can begin to be agents of our own peace to say, oh, sweetheart, it's okay. It's okay. Yes, there is fear and yes, there is hurt. Okay, that's the human condition. Yeah, it cannot be otherwise in this realm. And can we acknowledge that? Okay, fold that in. Yes, this too what's beautiful what doesn't hurt yeah from mary oliver wage peace wage peace with your breath breathe in firemen and rubble breathe out whole buildings and flocks of red-winged blackbirds breathe in terrorists and breathe out sleeping children in fresh mown fields breathe in confusion and breathe out maple trees breathe in the fallen and breathe out lifelong friendships intact wage peace With your listening, hearing sirens, pray loud. Remember your tools, flower seeds, clothespins, clean rivers, make soup. Play music, learn the word for thank you in three languages, learn to knit and make a hat. Think of chaos as dancing raspberries, imagine grief as the outbreath of beauty or the gesture of fish. Swim for the other side, wage peace. Never has the world seemed so fresh and precious, have a cup of tea and rejoice. Act as if armistice has already arrived. <laughs> Don't wait another minute. Act as if. Act as if armistice were already here. Act as if peace were already here. How would you be different if it was? Yeah. Uh, in the words of Rabbi Keller, Today, I am taking sides. I am taking the side of peace. Peace, which I will not abandon, even when its voice is drowned out by hurt and hatred, bitterness of loss, cries of right and wrong. I am taking the side of peace, whose name has barely been spoken in this winterless war. 
I will hold peace with my arms and share my body's breath, lest peace be added to the body count. I will call for a de-escalation, even when I want nothing more than to get even, I will do it in the service of peace. I will make a clearing in this overgrown thicket of cause and effect, so peace can breathe for a minute and reach for the sky. I will do what I must to save the life of peace. I will breathe through tears. I will swallow pride. I will bite my tongue. I will offer love without testing for deservingness. So don't ask me to wave a flag today unless it is the flag of peace. Don't ask me to sing an anthem unless it is a song of peace. Don't ask me to take sides unless it is the side of peace. I'm going to read one more poem, and then we'll do an exercise. So this is from uh, Naomi Shiab Nye, Jerusalem. Let's be the same wound if we must bleed. Let's fight side by side, even if the enemy is ourselves. I am yours, and you are mine. Tommy Olfelsen of Sweden. I'm not interested in who suffered the most. I'm interested in people getting over it. Once when my father was a boy, a stone hit him on the head. Hair would never grow there. Our fingers found this tender spot in its riddle. The boy who has fallen stands up. A bucket of pears in his mother's doorway welcomes him home. The pears are not crying. Later, his friend who threw the stone says he was aiming at a bird. And my father starts growing wings. Each carries a tender spot, something our lives forgot to give us. A man builds a house and says, I am native now. A woman speaks to a tree in place of her son. The olives come. A child's poem says, I don't like wars. They end up with monuments. He's painting a bird with wings wide enough to cover two roofs at once. Why are we so monumentally slow? Soldiers stock a pharmacy, big guns, little pills. If you tilt your head just slightly, it's ridiculous. There's a place in my brain where hate won't grow. I touch its riddle wind and seeds. Something pokes us when we sleep. It's late, but everything comes next. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And just check in on how the words of our great poets landed or perhaps did not. To feel into the seeds of peace that abide in your own heart. To feel into these divine abodes of loving kindness and compassion, of joy and equanimity. These prayers of may there be peace. May you be happy. May you feel the arms of compassion around you. May your good fortune continue. And may you live with balance and ease. And just allowing these praises of each of these divine abodes to embrace you like a a scarf or a cape. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you feel held in the arms of compassion. May your good fortune continue.
May you rest in balance and peace. May you welcome in the more challenging emotions of anger and grief, knowing, to borrow from Rumi, they have been sent as a guide from beyond. There is wisdom here, things to be learned, darkness to be walked through to get to the light. We are in the darkness of the year, yeah. These are the longest days. May we take stock of this darkness. Embrace it. Glean it for its wisdom such that we may walk along this path of well wishes. May I be peaceful. May I be happy. May I live with ease. May I be held in the arms of compassion. May my good fortune continue. May I accept the changing nature of the world. May I accept the changing nature of my life. And extending these well wishes to that beloved that may have showed up earlier in the meditation or calling to mind a dear one, just as you wish yourself to embrace these divine abodes, so too to offer this to someone we cherish. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be held in the arms of compassion. May your good fortune continue. May you live with balance and peace. May you accept the changing circumstances of your individual life and the changing nature of the world around you. May your goodness protect you. This, these are the prayers, yeah, the offerings almost of a benediction. In the Catholic tradition, there's used to be back in the day the priest would walk down the aisle and it's not a baton, but it looked like a small baton with the holy water. Like these blessings that we can offer to each other. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you be held in the arms of compassion. May you know you are held in the arms of compassion. May your good fortune continue. May you live with balance and ease, imagining these blessings sprinkling like a beautiful light rain on a hot day or beautiful thick snowflakes falling on a winter night. For the sun rays blessing each of our faces, all the humans, all the animals. May you know peace. May you live with balance and ease. May your goodness protect you. May your good fortune continue. 
may you know you are held in the arms of compassion and imagine moving through the world and offering these phrases like rose petals. Like water droplets. Like sun rays. Touching all beings. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May your goodness protect you. May you feel the arms of compassion around you. May your good fortune continue. May you live with balance and ease. May you be a messenger of peace. May you accept the changing circumstances in your life and in the world around you. May you know love as the one true thing. It's taking a moment before we end just to linger in this incredible power we each have to offer these blessings to those around us, those we know and those we don't know, those we like, those we might like less, those that challenge us, those that delight with us, all the animals, those that swim and fly and slither, Walk on four legs or eight. All beings everywhere, those behind bars, those in refugee camps, those on military bases, those in seats of power, those on the streets. May all beings everywhere know peace. May all beings everywhere feel held in the arms of compassion. May all beings everywhere remember their own innate goodness. May all beings everywhere find dwelling in these divine abodes of Metta Karuna Mudita and Yupeka. May it be so. So I'll stop there and thank you for your kind attention with that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org dot org slash donate.